Good morning, church. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, just a small testimony from what happened to me this week. I was speaking to a client and he was telling me how rough things are going for him. He doesn't know how he's going to get out of the hole that he's in. He, this, he then said to me, he doesn't know how I am doing things so well that I make it look easy. After he left, I was thinking about what he said, what I said to him going through the conversation. And what I should have said to him is, it's not me, it's God. Because God is my provider. I put God in, first in everything that I do in my business. Once we get a revelation, once we get a revelation that God will take care of us, no matter what comes our way, things will change for us. It might not always be easy. The second part of the testimony is I was feeling on top of the world, having counseled two business owners. And then Friday, both my employees did not pitch for work. We have some hectic deadlines because of the time of year that it is. I was feeling down, I was feeling angry, and then I had to counsel myself and ask, who is your provider? Who is going to take care of you? So Psalm 37, verse 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. If we put God first, he will look after us. He will not forsake us, no matter how the situation looks. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you open our eyes of our understanding, as you did for Elisha's servant, that we would get the revelation that you are for us and not against us. We pray for these tithes and offerings today, that you would use this for your glory and the expansion of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are many ways to give. The ushers are going to hand out the baskets and the card machine, snap scan, and the banking details are at the information desk at the back. Good morning, everybody. World champs. <laughs> we proved a point. Singular. <laughs> you know, I was, um, while they're, they're busy, I was uh, chatting to one of the senior police officers in, uh, in uh, Krugersdorp month or two ago and he shared some shocking statistics with me he said to me that um, on any ordinary weekend in Kahisu they have reported those are just the reported ones about 20 murders when it's a soccer weekend it goes up from 40 to over a hundred murders that's just reported. You know, never underestimate the power of sport, good or bad, right? So that being said, we are rejoicing, but it's concerning to me if people don't come to church after a rugby match, you know? <laughs> come on, guys. We can't, we can't let sport hold us back from the kingdom. You know, uh, 
I didn't watch the game live last night because I've learned over the years to know thyself. <laughs> but I heard everything that was happening <laughs> in the neighborhood. I knew what names the refs are being called. <laughs> Very colorful language. Vuvuzelas uh, were going and, and I heard the moment we won, we heard it. You know, and people were rejoicing. And not to sound super spiritual or, you know, to mess on the parade. But guys, when was the last time we rejoiced like that over a soul getting saved? You get what I'm saying? When was the last time we rejoiced like that? I mean, that's true rejoicing. That's really reason to rejoice. And I love what our team are doing for the country. I really do. I, I, I heard our captain's uh, speech, and I think it's brilliant, and I do believe in the power of good that's coming out of that. But family, gee whiz, let's get our priorities right. Let's rejoice over souls again. Let's get that excited. Can we shout and scream like that in a church service? You know, I think that that should be a true priority for us. Amen? Amen. Get all emotional about when you see a brother or sister come to Christ. There's nothing, nothing more exhilarating than inviting somebody to church and see them respond to a salvation appeal. That should be our priority. That should be our culture. Amen. That being said, I'm glad we won four times. Amen. So, <laughs> we are a resilient nation. I want to talk to you this morning very quickly about angels, demons, and chariots of fire. Are you ready? You know, uh, as, as um, Gareth spoke now, and he spoke, and he told how he spoke to one of his clients, I'm noticing the same trend in the church. I'm noticing that we are leaning more towards the expectation of bad rather than the expectation of good. We are uncertain about the future. I'm uncertain about the stage. Let me just get it out of here, okay? <laughs> Let me show you. That's the South African hawker. Um, we are uncertain about our future. We are waiting to see what's happening in the elections next year. Then maybe we will decide about what we're going to do. Somebody, a businessman said to me this week, well, he doesn't have any, um, you know, bullish attitude, financially speaking, um, until he knows what's going to happen after the elections. Meaning he's not investing. <coughs> he's holding back. We are hoping for political change. Then maybe the economy will get better and we can dream again. In the meantime, we are sitting in this emotional and spiritual limbo. We're going nowhere. We're not trying anything new. We're not risking any new ventures. Come on. Yes, Pastor Norman, but you have to understand that we are living in the last days. I agree with you, my friend. And Jesus said that in the last days, the world will become darker. <laughs> but he didn't say that the church should become dark and brooding as well. Amen. He came that we might have life. He has given us richly all things to enjoy. And we are a triumphant church, not a con constipated church. 
you're looking constipated this morning. I'll give you a moment. Okay. Let me ask you, child of God, is your hope in a political party, a government, a good economy? Is your hope in your Lord and Savior Jesus? When did we stop living? Hmm? And why? Every human being on this planet has this one thing in common. We want success. Isn't that true? We want success. Everybody wants the best that this life can deliver. Nobody enjoys crawling through life. Nobody wakes up and thinks, I just wish that today I can struggle and be miserable. And win by one point. Right? Problems are real and problems come to all of us. But even the Bible talks about the removal of problems. Do you know you just sang a song about the removal of problems? Right? Let's go to Mark 11. Mark 11 verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Like many of you prayed last night. More than you've prayed in a month. Now mountains are a type and a shadow of the problems, the obstacles we face in life. Jesus comes and he makes this spectacular claim. He says, we can command our problems to be removed. That's quite a claim, isn't it? Know that Jesus didn't say he will remove them. <laughs> Ouch. Did you see that? Jesus didn't say, I'm going to remove your mountain. He says, whoever says unto this mountain, be lifted up, be cast into the sea. He will have whatever he says, if he has faith in God. Right? He tells you and me to speak with authority to these mountains. And on top of that, Jesus says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done now, watch this. He will have whatever he says. <laughs> he will have whatever he says. We are having what we are saying. That's my whole point this morning. We're not dreaming. We're not hoping anymore because we're having what we are saying. It's tough. Oh, no, after COVID, you know, the economy and... and yeah. <laughs> Everybody's complaining, you know, about the state of the country. Even the rugby players in the interviews. No, we're going through tough times in South Africa, you know. What, what. And meantime, Ramaphosa is sitting in the stands like, <laughs> okay, you know, it is kind of like, okay. <laughs> but we are having what we are saying. You're not going to say amen, just say ouch. Tell me this morning, family, is 
Is the blatant corruption in our government a problem? Yes. So we can call it a mountain, right? Is load shedding a problem? Yes. So we can call it a, a mountain. Not made of coal. Okay. Crime a problem? Overtaxing a problem? Sickness a problem? Addiction a problem, right? So we can call it a mountain. Well, Pastor, no Wi-Fi. That's my biggest mountain. Eh? Shame. Okay. <laughs> so it looks to me like we're living in a mountainous landscape. Yet nowhere in Scripture do I find a passage that tells us to run away from our problems. Nowhere will you see that it is God's will for His people to be conquered by their problems. You won't find that in Scripture. He says, in this world you will have trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer for I have overcome this world. He tells us we are victorious. Yet you will find churches filled with people who accuse those with hope that they are ruled by wishful thinking. How can you believe that you can speak to a mountain? I'll have you know that that's not literal. Yes, of course it's not literal. I like mountains. Amen? In the natural. <laughs> if I don't have to climb them. Or stand on the edge of them. But they are pretty and they are nice. Or have to cycle them out as some people in church do. Right? I don't have a mountain bike. I've got a flat bike. I mean, that's... <laughs> well, I'll have you know, it's, it's not literal. Yes, we just established God is speaking about problems there. But family, there's a massive difference between wishful thinking and faith. Wishful thinking has no substance. It's like monopoly money. We all know it's not real money. Why is it not real money? Because it isn't a real currency because there's no equity backing it. Amen? Faith, however, is backed by heaven. Faith is backed by the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. There is substance behind it. There's equity behind it. There's power behind it. Wishful thinking dreams about being successful one day, but does nothing to take steps towards those success. Then when success passes them by, they're the, ones, the first ones to go, you see, nothing good ever happens for me. Yet faith, when presented with opportunity, shouts, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Faith take bold steps towards giants that would intimidate others. Amen. This week I saw, um, I saw a little video about an American businessman who hired a young South African. And he said that this young man was on the job every day at 7 a.m. And he started washing the company vehicles and the trucks and the tractors and stuff. His working hours starts at 9. And then when all the other employees, his staff, complain about the heat, 
he would volunteer to do the job. He says, heat, you guys don't know heat. We know heat in South Africa, right? When others complain about the cold, he would, he would volunteer to do the job because he's like, I'm South African. We can do anything, right? Eventually, this young man saw an opportunity to start a business. And guess who was his first investor? This employer. He said, I can back this guy because I saw his work ethic. Amen? This is the difference between wishful thinking and faith. You get people who it's just foolishness and presumption. I wonder I'm going to do this. What, one day I'm going to do that. What steps are you taking towards that? Do you honestly believe? Will you, sustain, will, you, will you sustain when things are becoming difficult? When you are faced with a mountain? Or is the mountain going to conquer you? All these people worked for the same boss. They worked in the same climate. They all faced the same problems. Like family, we all face mountains in life. Don't we? We all face mountains. I'm saying to you this morning, you can wait and wish that something could change. Or you can take bold steps of faith and see how heaven is backing you. Thanks, Juan. You're like the only one saying amen this morning. Everybody's just staring at me like. <laughs> well, boss, uh, that's cute and that's nice. And, but my problems is really overwhelming. Boss, I'm really tired. I'm, I'm really depressed. I'm down and out. And I hear you this morning and I'm here to cheer you on. I'm here to encourage you. But I'm going to cheer you on in the South African way. Get off your butt. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Because we all go through it, don't we? Family, that's the bottom line. Maybe somebody else doesn't have the courage to be as honest with you. But I can say, I can say it as somebody who's living it at the moment. You've got two choices. You can give up. You can, you can feel sorry for yourself or you can get up and start believing that Christ is in you and that you are more than a conqueror through Christ. Why do you think that scripture exists? That you are more than a conqueror. It means that you are conquering something. But I'll tell you now, I realized when I was faced with so many opportunities to quit, to give up, and nobody would have blamed us. If you look at the numbers on black and white, nobody would have blamed us. Guess what? Nobody's going to really care. I'm the only one that's going to lose. I'm, I know you, you're going to tell me, Pastor, we love you, but you'll find another church. You'll find another pastor. Right? Not as good looking, but I mean, that's your lot. But, you know, life's going to go on. So who's really going to lose? Amen? Who's really going to lose if you quit now? You are. And God, family, God is not into you losing. 
Amen. I want to quickly read you a story and this is going to encourage you. Second Kings 6, beautiful story, one of my favorite. I'm going to read from verse 11. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So he's, he knows there is a traitor in their midst. And I'll give you some background now. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel, tell the, kings of, the, the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he's reading his WhatsApps, right? So he said, Go and see where he is and bring his phone to me. No. Go. Okay. I'll try my best to get through this without interrupting myself. That I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he's in Dauphin. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. Now this is like the programs where you see there's one crook and all the NYPD cars like and for one guy, you know. So he's sending a whole army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. The devil is never going to come when the sun is shining. He's a bad devil family. Right? And surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. Say, Do not fear. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elijah. So the king of Syria was making war against Israel, but every time he wanted to set up camp against Israel, Elijah would warn the king of Israel, because he was a prophet. So the king thought, okay, we've got a spy in our midst. And this is where we picked up our story. Family, I want to say something. I've said this, this several years ago. It is not the ticking of a clock that brings change in our lives. In other words, it's the fact that the clock is ticking over from 2023 to 2024 does not guarantee change in your life and my life. Because so many times we go like, New Year resolutions. Okay? January, I'm going to really start gymming this time. I'm really going to start eating better. I'm really going to do this. I'm really, once the clock ticks over, <laughs> apparently there's, there's a statistic that says most people start their diets on a Monday. Every Monday. <laughs> Because Tuesday is too close to Monday, Wednesday, you already know that you're hungry. You, you, you just stopped the diet when I said diet, didn't you? <laughs> Isn't that true? Right? So we think that once the clock ticks over, one, once this happens, once we will champions again, our country will get right. You know, well, you know if we can only, if, we, if, if, if only they can vote right this time, if only this can happen, if only that can happen, and then the change will happen. God didn't say, if you make it to this date, then I will bless you. Amen. Even though 
this is difficult to hear. You need to understand that change does not come easy, always. In a charismatic world, we've been indoctrinated with this idea, with this lie that if you shout loud enough, then your breakthrough is coming. If you turn around three times, then your problems will fall away. <laughs> right? If you give enough, then your financial burdens will go away. You, you know, there's no promise. There's no sermon that can promise you five easy steps to a great life. We can share principles. Change doesn't always come easy. If you want change in your marriage, it will take more than sitting in a counselor's office. Because that counselor can give you all the right advice. But you're going to have to change. Amen? If you want to change your body, it will take more than just popping a diet pill. Walking into the gym twice a week. You can walk into gym every day of the week. But if you're not going to lift the weights, not just walk past them, you're going to have to do the exercises. You're going to have to hurt a bit. Amen. Thank you for that one encouraging amen. If you're going to say amen to your pastor's sermon, you're going to have to open up your mouth and speak the words. Amen, pastor. That is true, pastor. It's hurting me, pastor, but it's helping me. Amen. Amen. If you want to change the culture in your business, you can hire, you can fire, but your bottom line will stay the same if it doesn't precede change. It is always easy to blame somebody else. Say it's because of this or because of that. And that's what we're going to draw out of our text today. Look at verse 15. It says, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city, with horses and chariots. Can you imagine waking up tomorrow morning and the streets is filled with military vehicles and soldiers running up and down? You might not have a physical army against you, but we, as we've established, family, there are spiritual forces coming against us. I'm not denying that. Amen? But Paul, I just don't understand. Business is so hard for me. Yes, you're a Christian. You've got a devil on the loose, and he hates you, and he's going to resist you. You're going to face things that other business people don't face. <laughs> Amen. At night, they're smoking pot because that's what they spend their money on. You're a diver. Do you think the devil is happy with that? Apostle, are you telling me not to give? No, I'm telling you to man up. I'm telling you to know that you're in a spiritual army. And there's demons against you. It's just a reality. But the good news is, Jesus said, I've overcome him. He's triumphed over them in the cross. Amen. Come on now. Demons are scared of you. They just wish that you don't hear what I'm saying to you. They run away. But you know, it's like those little dogs. They'll nip at your ankles, nip at your ankles. Because they think they're a Rottweiler or a Bulbul, but they're not. 
They're a little rat with long hair. So what do you do? Are you going to tolerate that? Or are you going to kick them to the curb? He's advocating animal violence. Yes, because it's not a real dog. Get her. No, okay, no, sorry. Uh, Almost lost my cool there for a moment. Okay, no. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Like, I'm using an analogy. The devil will only attack you if you allow him. He's seeking whom he may devour. He cannot just devour anybody. The problem is many times we go operating with the devil more than with God. Who are you cooperating with? So scripture is clear. That this army was made up of horses, chariots, indicating that there were no means of escape. They, they came against God's people. They outnumbered them. They fasted them, stronger than them. No wonder the prophet's servant cried out, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Ever felt like that? Ever been in such deep doo-doo that you start a sentence with alas? You know you're in trouble. Hmm? <laughs> Want to know the secret of true change and victory when the odds are stacked against you? Want to know? Look at verse 16. So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are, who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. I can tell you the secret to a great end of your 2023, to a great 2024. Do not fear. Do not fear. Well, but Pastor, what, 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 what if there's no change after the elections? Do not fear. Is your hope in a political... Can I tell you something? Your opposition party that you are hoping in we're not mentioning any names, but their colors are blue and red and something. <laughs> any political party that takes power will only be a matter of time because cor before corruption sets in. Because it's based on human nature. And I can tell you now from experience that we're going to face other battles should such a change occur. We're going to face many more moral battles. The church is going to have to stand up because their woke agenda will come in because they're very woke. Their woke agenda, I can tell you now there's things that we're going to face that we're not facing now. It's just a different devil. So my hope cannot be in a political party. And I'm saying, listen, don't get me wrong. Vote. Vote. Don't come and complain to me if you've not voted. But after you voted, you keep making your voice heard. Amen. And as a church of Jesus Christ, we will never be quiet. We will never just roll over and play dead. We will never be quiet. We will make our voices heard. But what I'm saying to you this morning is don't put your hope in a political party. God says to us, do not fear. Why? Because He's with you. We're in this world. We're not of this world. We are citizens of heaven. We come with a different agenda. Amen? 
Do not fear. Oh, Pastor, that's cute, but that's easier than said than done. I know. When the odds are stacked against you, fear is never far away. <laughs> Can I tell you how to know if you're in the will of God? Sorry, I'm just going on an ad here. Can I tell you? Do you want to know when you're in the will of God? Hmm? Yes, Pastor, it's when things are going wonderful. My golden retriever's breath doesn't smell bad. He's clean. I've got food. Everything is nice. The bills are paid. No, my friend. You know you're in the will of God when it feels to you like your feet are just barely touching the ground. You get what I'm saying? When it feels to you like, oh, I'm very uncertain. I'm, I'm not too sure what's happening. Then you know you're busy with what God wants you to be busy with. Because the just shall live by faith. Whatever is not of faith, it's not of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And some of you are so comfortable because you haven't stepped out. And you're opting for the comfort rather than doing what God has called you to do. Does it feel like your business is just like, it's just barely hanging? Then you're in the will of God. He'll take care of you. Tomorrow He'll take care of you. Next week He'll take care of you. Guess what? December He'll take care of you. You'll be able to pay your staff. Come on somebody. January He will take care of you. Come on. Amen. Feels like you're out of your debt at your workplace. Great. Now you can rely on God. Amen. Come on somebody. Right. I can tell you that God is for you. And God is bigger than your problem. But until we pray this prayer that Elijah prayed, you will not believe me. Until we pray for open eyes, family, we will remain blind. The only way we can be rid of fear is when our eyes are open. I think as pastors we've underestimated the, the, this prayer for open eyes. Elijah's response to being surrounded by an army of horses and chariots was prayer. Not pleading, not crying, not calling out a fast. Say thank you, Jesus. One simple prayer. He prayed that his servant's eyes were open to the spiritual realm. To see true reality. How will change come and victory come to you and me? In this next year, in 2024, <laughs> we should pray for open eyes that will see beyond the natural into the spiritual. Amen? I hear you, Pastor, but you're talking about Elijah. I mean, come on. He's one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. I'm glad you mentioned that. Watch this prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. And family, can I encourage you to pray this over your children, your grandchildren, if you have. To pray it over your loved one, to pray it over your spouse. Pray this prayer over your own life. Because it's one of the most powerful prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. And if you're praying for yourself, you say, give to me. Give to Norman. Give to Michael. Give to Annas. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. 
that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding, say exceeding, greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power. What is Paul praying for the church? He's praying for open eyes. He says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, that you don't have dull vision. But that your eyes will be enlightened. Why? What is the purpose of this enlightened eyes? That you may know the hope of His calling. Family, His calling on your life will infuse you with hope. How many of you need some hope? Well, pray for enlightened eyes of your understanding. Amen. How do we get hope? Opened eyes. How do we change? Opened eyes. When was the last time you asked God to open up your eyes? Do we honestly think we see it all already? That we know it all already? You cannot enlighten yourself. You have to receive it from God. Do you really know what's going on behind the scenes in our country, in our marriages, with our business? Oh, thank you, Lord. Hey, some of you have been walking around with demons plaguing you in your home. You don't know it. You can't understand what's this niggly thing in my marriage. It's a spirit of strife or a spirit of bitterness. Why am I struggling? Why am I struggling in this area of my life or in that area? Why am I always depressed? Some of you are struggling with a spirit of grief, a spirit of heaviness that has come over you. And you don't know it because you haven't prayed for open eyes so you can't see it. And that thing is tormenting you. And God says this morning He wants to set you free. This morning He wants you to use your voice and cast that thing out. What's happening in our country? Don't you think there's spiritual forces attacking our country? But as the church of Jesus Christ, we are so caught up in utter nonsense that we're not praying for our country anymore. When we call out a bri, everybody's there. When we call out a prayer meeting, nobody's there. Come on, family. Woo, the pastor is quite Yes, but we need to wake up. Because we've been tolerating demons. I don't want to tolerate them anymore. When we were still in Farm City, we, we stayed in, um, in a complex in Portview. And <laughs> beautiful home. But I don't know about you. I don't like sharing my home with scorpions. Especially close to my bed. Right? Because they see my fluffy beard and they're like, this is such a nice habitation. Let me move in there. You know? And, and I'm, I'm very tolerant. I'm very tolerant of animals. I love animals. So we'll catch them, take them out. Even the spiders. We had beautiful rain spiders. Beautiful. They were really pretty. So we'll catch them, take them out. But after a while, I don't like sharing my bubble, my personal space. After number 12, I just went Rambo on them. You get what I'm saying? No more Mr. Nice Pastor. I don't want them here. 
Family, it's the same. How long are we going to tolerate serpents and scorpions in our homes, in our lives? How, how long? Because what the enemy wants to do, he wants to intimidate you. He wants you to complain. He wants to use you against you. He wants to use your voice against you because you have the voice of a king. And by the voice of a king, a thing will be established, the Bible says. A matter will be established. So if he can get, if he can get you to say, oh, it is so tough. Oh, it is so bad. I wonder when things will change. I wonder why this is happening to me again. How long must I live with this? Guess what? He's got you. He's got you. But once you say, mountain, be lifted up, be cast into the sea. Once you speak to that spirit of strife in your marriage, it has to go. Once you speak to yourself and say, stop feeling sorry, self. You're a child of God. You're a child of the Most High God. There is life and death is in the power of my mouth. I will speak God's word over this situation. Amen. Because from where you're sitting, you see this army coming against you. And that army is one sole purpose, family. And that's always the purpose of Satan, is to intimidate. He wants to intimidate. It's all he can do. And sometimes, I, I think as a church, we need to stand up against the spirit of intimidation against our nation. Because it's the few. It is the few wants to rule the many. We've seen it last night. We've seen how our nation can come together. But we're allowing the few to dictate how we should live. It's time to stand up. It's time to speak to it in the spirit. Pastor Don spoke of how uh, a, a mayor came to him where he was. And he said to him, unless things change, Mr. Mayor, there's going to be problems. And he laughed at him and said, what, what kind of, uh, what, what, what little pastor are you? And he went back to his people and he said to him, well, I'll pray. I'll pray. And this guy went back. He went back to his office and said, these fools think they can, they, they can intimidate me. They can tell me what to do. They prayed. Within a week, he was fired. That is the power of prayer. Amen. Tried to switch off their power during their conference. Tried to intimidate them. Guess who's sitting in his church? All the people who should flip the switches say, we will not do it. There's power in prayer. Amen. Yes, things are intolerable at your work. Pray. Speak to the Spirit behind it. Listen, if you get up on a Sunday morning and you're too lazy to come to church, you're full of excuses to come to church, speak to yourself. Speak to the flesh. So I'm better than this. Because every Sunday, God is preparing a word for you in this place. A word in season where He will feed you, where He will take care of you. Because you're like a tree planted next to living waters. But the trees don't want to be next to living waters. We want to be somewhere else. Come on now. Speak to yourself. You're better than this. You don't have to settle for this. Men, be men. Be the man of the house. Take spiritual charge in your house. Got nothing to do with chauvinism. Got nothing to do with sexism. That's God's order. Unashamedly. And come to me with this woke nonsense. 
Amen. Be the man God has called you to be. Stop making excuses. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Amen. Then you will start seeing with the eyes of God. You will stop seeing divorce. And you will see reconciliation. You will not see bankruptcy. You will see prosperity. You will not see a bad miracle medical report. You will see God's healing power. Amen. You will see the chariots and the horses. Come on. You will see what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. You will see the greatness. Say greatness. The greatness of what? His power. Where is that power? It is pointed towards us. <laughs> Come on. The greatness of His power towards us. Where's the power? It's not stage six load shedding. It's with you. The working of His mighty power. So here's another question. What does it look like when God shows His power toward us? And I'm going to close with this. He says, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. He saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elijah. <laughs> Come on, family. The chariots and the, and the horses and the chariots of fire was around the one with the open eyes. <laughs> Amen. May the horses and the chariots of fire show up in your circumstances now. May it show up in your circumstances now. Come on. Here's something you're going to love. I looked up the symbolic meaning of horses and chariots of fire. Now horses of fire point to the strength of Christ in His saints. Amen. It speaks of bearing burdens. Once your eyes open, you will see... How Christ has already carried your burdens. You don't have to carry it. He's already carrying it. Amen. Didn't he say my burden is easy. My yoke is light. Run to Jesus. Amen. Where are you going to get the strength? To not live a life of excuses. Not in your own effort. By looking to Jesus. Amen. What used to weigh you down won't weigh you down anymore. Isn't that good news? What used to weigh you down? Come on, you know, a couple of years ago, somebody just said something. <laughs> I had my feelings. But now you're stronger than that. When things happened, it would trip you. But now it doesn't trip you. It used to trigger you, but now it won't trigger you anymore. God doesn't want you to live a triggered life. He wants you to live a life of strength and sustenance. What used to break you won't break you anymore. Chariots of fire symbolizes, get this, divine transportation. What does that mean? Now watch this, watch this. I've said this many times. Watch if you come to Jesus, how God will take you 
from the end of the line and put you in front of the line. Family, that's huge. You used to think, I'm lost. God says, I will place you first. You think, but, but, but my business can never do that. God says, I will put you in front of the queue. They will choose you instead of somebody else. Amen? You thought it was over. Jesus said, listen, it's only the beginning. Come on, get on my chariot of fire. I will take you places. I will put you first. You will never be lost. Come on, you the head, you not the tail. You're above, you not beneath. Amen. That's who he's made you. God's favor is going to take you places. It's going to transport you where you never thought you'll be in 2024. Come on, I'm already trying to stir your hope for next year. You can sit here. You can be like, oh, whatever, bro. Heard this all before. Good for you. You'll have what you say. But I'm not going to settle for that. Amen. I'm not going to settle for that. It's God's word, family. I've been living this for more than 30, li- 30 years in my life. I've been living this. And I've seen how God has done things that I thought never. How's that even possible? And like you, I have opportunities to be pessimistic, to be a skeptic. But I've chosen in my life not to be that person. I'm not going to be the village idiot. Get in heaven one day. God, like you could have lived so much better (laughs) if you just trusted in my word. If you just believed my word. Amen. How many of you are ready for God's favor to take you places? Come on. Amen. God's kingdom is bigger. It's better. It's stronger than anything you can ever face. And I want to say this, family. This has been like a personal revelation I've done. I'm going to close. It's been, you know, I'm going to speak for 15 more minutes. I'm just, <laughs> this, is, this is like a personal revelation for me. Because... I started hearing myself speak. And I started speaking like the world. The the loss, the loss was very real for us and we're still feeling it as a family. But that's a test of failure, isn't it? Are you going to camp there? Or are you going to deconstruct what happened to you and learn from your mistakes and move on? I just had to choose not to be a victim. I had to take responsibility. Say, you know what? I can do better next time. And there will be a next time. And I will come back stronger. And we will come back better. And we will move forward. God loves, you know, God, those He loves, He prunes. And pruning means He cuts away. So that in the next season, you will grow faster and bigger and stronger and you will carry better fruit amen so when God prunes you if things feel like they are falling away from you don't be angry at God say thank you God you love me because now I'll grow I'll grow back stronger and better amen when I started listening to myself and I'm like I'm starting to speak like the world I don't like the way I sound oh COVID that little excuse train, the COVID excuse train, you know? Let's get on that one. Who 
Oh, but it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's so tough these days. The economy is not what it should be and this and that. And eventually I was having a conversation with my kids. And in the conversation, as I was saying something to them, they said something and I was saying something to them. And it just like, boom, it hit me. I think it was me and Carla speaking. I'm like, wow, here's a God moment. God is busy speaking to me. And God is like, at what stage did you forget that my kingdom is bigger than the kingdom of the enemy? Why are you giving glory to the devil the whole time? Why is it always the devil is so strong, the devil this, the devil that? Because what your heart is filled with, it will come out of your mouth. You believing more in the kingdom of Satan than in my kingdom. Only one third of the angels fell. There's two thirds in heaven still Hearkening unto the word of God, being ministering servants to you and to me. My kingdom is better, better equipped, better prepared. My army is stronger, says God. So I want us to change the way we speak. I want us to give glory to God again. I want us to speak like we believe in God's kingdom that's stronger. So if the enemy comes against me, me one way, Scripture says he will flee before me seven ways. When we're afraid, oh, oh no, no, don't drive that. Uh, don't drive there. Don't do this. Don't uh, Listen, I will not fear the arrow that flies by midday. No crime will come near me or my family. I will believe in his word. I will not live a life of fear. I will live a life of faith. How about you? How about we get up and we become strong again? We believe in God's kingdom again. No devil can come against us. I told my, my children the story. Smith Wigglesworth was sleeping at night. He was awakened by evil presence. He turned around, sleeping. There, the devil is standing, staring at him, being a real creep. You know what he did? Did he rebuke him? No, no. Oh, it's you around and slept further that's a man who knows who he is in Christ Lester Summerall the same thing his bed starts shaking says go away I'm sleeping no demon can stand against you do you know that because Christ in you all you have to do is one thing Jesus has to listen Let's not fall into this Hollywood mentality where the devil is so strong and demons are so strong. These movies, the Pope's exorcist. Really? Man, my child can drive out demons. We don't need the Pope's exorcist. I don't care their rank. I don't care where they are. Jesus has done a complete work on the cross of Calvary my friend and he lives in you and he lives in me and he says I will give you authority and you will trample upon serpents and scorpions and no no harm will come near you come on somebody didn't talk about rank didn't talk about anything oh bossy you better be no you better be careful because you're giving more glory to a defeated foe because the work was completed on the cross of Calvary you put on your armor, 
You put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith and the sword, which is the spirit of God, man. And what does any demon see? He sees Jesus. Because Jesus is your truth. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your salvation. Jesus is your shield. Come on, somebody. He sees the one who defeated him on the cross of Calvary. That's what he sees. So whatever financial problem you are facing, Jesus. Whatever problem you are facing in your marriage or in relationships, Jesus. Whatever problem you are facing in your body, Jesus. We call upon the name of Jesus. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your patience. I went way over my time. Lord Jesus. We call upon your name. And Lord, the first thing I want to pray for today is enlightened eyes of our understanding. To know the hope of your calling. And the power towards those who believe. Lord, I want to pray for those watching at home. I want to pray for those sitting here. And I know some of us are facing very real battles. But right now, I pray that our hope will be stirred. Our faith will be stirred in Jesus' name. Maybe you like the servant this morning. You are seeing an overwhelming army. If that was you walking into this place, can you just, just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Don't be shy. It's, it's okay. We're all there. You saw these overwhelming armies coming against you and you were afraid. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for everyone that felt like that. That there was this overwhelming army coming against them. And right now, Lord, I pray for hope to be restored to their, uh, to their hearts. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus to enlighten the eyes of their understanding to know the hope of the calling you have for them. And right now, whatever those armies represent, whether it is financial, whether it is physical, there's a healing anointing going forth out right now so if you need healing receive it now because it's going to touch your body right now in Jesus name God gave us a word last Wednesday that the wells that the Philistines blocked God will open in Jesus name so that means your provision I pray for every unpaid invoice that's owed to our people. For that money to be released in the name of Jesus. And that debts will be paid in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Lord. There's somebody here. Um, you're under the sound of my voice. And you are very concerned about your future. There's, there's, there's talk at your workplace of retrenchments 
And it's like there's a sword over your head. God says, trust me in this whole process because promotion comes from me. And you will see promotion come. You don't have to fear. God says he's taking care of you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's taking care of you. Well, every eye is closed, every head is bowed. Maybe you are watching this at home. Maybe you are here. You do not know Jesus. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. Or you had a relationship with Jesus, but as the days and months, the years have gone by, your spiritual life deteriorated. You've backslided. You're not where you should be spiritually. Will you allow me just to do a simple prayer for you so that you can make right with Jesus? You can know Jesus. You can have a relationship with Him. Listen, it's not about where you grew up, who your parents were. If you grew up Christian, non-Christian, my friend, this is between you and God. And you can have a relationship with Jesus. You can blow out your last breath tomorrow and know that you're going to go to heaven. That's what we're talking about. Say, Pastor, how do I do that? One simple prayer. And this is why we do church for this moment. For this moment. How do I do it? A simple prayer, invitation into your life. It's not a whole ritual. It's not about behavior modification. It's not about dressing different, talking different, having a different hairstyle. For some of us, we can't have a different hairstyle. It's literally just inviting Jesus into your life. How do I do that, Pastor? Pray this prayer with us. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. Today, I invite you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Right now, I receive the free gifts of grace and righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that I can call you Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand. If you've prayed that prayer for the very first time online or wherever you're watching this from, if you're here, grab one of these. It's for free. Write to us on whichever platform you are watching this, and we will get this off to you, and it will explain the decision that you've just made. I'm going to ask the ushers if we can hand out the communion elements. I'm just quickly, we're going to receive communion. It's the, now we're coming to the second half of the match. <coughs> Hopefully we'll win by more than one point this morning. <laughs> okay. This is not the table of Unveiled Church or the Rhema family of churches. This is the table of the Lord Jesus. And family, we don't want this to become just, just a habit. No, this is power. Amen. Jesus said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And we remember what he's done. Whenever we talk about the finished work of Jesus, whenever we talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, this is what we are celebrating. This is what we are referring to. Amen. So Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Referring to the fact that Jesus is our Passover lamb. 
he was, his body was broken so that we can partake of that and experience wholeness. He wore a crown of thorns so that we can have the mind of Christ. He hung naked so that we never have to go naked. He hung between two thieves so that the devil cannot steal from us anymore. He was broken so that you can be whole. If there's any ailment in your body, no matter how big or small, just mention it to him right now. Lord Jesus, you've heard every prayer that has gone up before you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your broken body. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can celebrate wholeness. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were so rich, became poor, that through your poverty we might become rich. That you will supply to us whatever it is that we need. If you believe it, say, I believe it. I receive it. Let's partake of the bread. So on the same night, he took the cup and he says, in this is the new covenant ratified. Meaning that every blessing is dispensed through the blood. This blood speaks of the forgiveness of sins. This blood speaks of better things in your life. This blood makes you a king and a priest unto your heavenly father. Why can you claim any promise in the Bible? Because of the blood. It means you are now of a royal bloodline. The old curse is gone. The old identity is gone. You're a new creation in Christ, meaning new blood. He's done a complete work. You don't have to live by the failings of your natural earthly you know, parents or grandparents. You're a new creation. If you believe it, say, I believe it. I receive it. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body and your blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for these promises. We are new creations. Lord, I thank you for your supernatural peace and joy that settles upon everyone under the sound of my voice right now. I thank you, Lord, that we can come out of this place filled with hope, knowing that our future is secure. I thank you, Lord, that every spirit of depression and oppression leaves right now from everyone under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Do we have video announcements? So you can just watch the screens. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Unveiled Church Announcements. Thank you for joining us in person today. Please be sure you stay in touch by following us on social media or signing up for our WhatsApp broadcast list by popping us a message. We have a child dedication scheduled for Sunday, the 5th of November. If you would like to dedicate your little one to the Lord, please sign up at the welcome desk and we'll get more information to you. Have you given your life to Jesus? Then take the next step and be baptized by immersion into water on Sunday, the 12th of November. For more information about this powerful public declaration of your faith, 
simply grab a brochure and sign up at the welcome desk. Also happening on the weekend of the 11th and the 12th of November are the two final Apple Park events for the year. You can become involved in either one or in both. On Saturday, the 11th of November, we join hands with all the other ministries who serve the park to host a fun-filled year-end party for the surrounding community. On the Sunday, we host the usual afternoon outreach that includes a small meal. To donate or lend a helping hand on the day, please leave your details at the welcome desk or chat to Dominique. Do you need prayer or just someone to talk to? Our intercessors are standing by after the service to encourage and pray with you. Please don't hesitate to walk up to them in front of the stage. Please help us tidy the hall by dropping your youth communion cup in one of the blue buckets at the exit. Do join us for a cup of coffee or tea after the service. Let us take our vision with us as we go. We want to see Jesus Christ unveiled in every heart and every home. Have a blessed week. Amen. How many of you are glad you came this morning? You fired up? Come on, we're going to finish this year strong. Amen. Okay, just sit like this. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord makes His face to shine upon each and every one of you. Thank you, Lord, that as we go into this coming week, Lord, we go with a confident expectation of good. We go knowing, Lord, that your favor surrounds us wherever we go. Lord, we walk in your authority. We say to every mountain that wants to come against us in this coming week, be lifted up, be cast into the sea. I thank you, Lord, that the good work which you've started in our lives, you will bring to completion. We are people filled with hope and joy. And Lord, we thank you for preferential treatment wherever we go, because we are your beloved children. If you believe it, say amen, somebody.